Get ready for a little surf and turf action on Midnight Run Through, a podcast miniseries devoted to celebrating the 1988 contemporary classic action buddy comedy Midnight Run, written by George Gallo and directed by Martin Brest. Co-hosted by me, One Heat Minute Productions' Blake Howard. And me, Jen Johans from Watch With Jen. Each week, we'll explore the film we first bonded over when we became friends in 2019 by surfing through an incredible roster of guests from journalists to novelists and beyond who love it as much as we do. Digging into Serrano's finances and Alonzo Mosley's FBI files, come with us on Midnight Run Through as we crisscross the United States with the characters played by Robert De Niro, Charles Grodin, John Ashton, Yafet Kodo, Dennis Farina, Philip Baker Hall, Joe Pantoliano, and company on screen. Today, our guests are... Hi, I'm Nikki Dolson. I'm uh, a writer. I wrote All Things Violent and a short story collection, Love and Other Criminal Behavior. And I live in Vegas. That's that's me. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm Jedediah Ayers. I used to write. Now I watch movies. But before we go any further, let's kick things off with Jack Welch's Old Turf with the ultimate question. Why were you so unpopular with the Chicago Police Department? <laughs> okay, look, I'm 14. And, you know, Evanston, you know, that little north suburb, Mean Streets, Mean Streets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> mean Streets, the Mean Streets of Evanston. That's a sentence that's never been said on a podcast before, but that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Mean Streets of Evanston, <laughs> Illinois. You know, Nikki was kind of a character you were sneaking off to james spader movies did you oh. sneak off to midnight run uh, i did not honestly you introduced me to midnight run oh. that's right. you yes. yes and you were always like talking about midnight run and i was just like okay, <laughs> i know she loves bobby i know that but what is it about this movie and then of course you know the gang everybody talks about this movie mm-hmm. um and you know and the gang for like, other listeners nikki just <laughs> want to be clear the gang is it is as cool as it sounds um yes uh, it's yeah. a group uh an international cohort of writers uh and film critics from around the world that really was orchestrated from uh orchestrated by jen and her great show. It was all this intersecting friendships. We were all kind of friends of friends of friends. And during the pandemic, we really rallied around each other. So we often get together. We started out doing movie nights and now we just get on the phone together on a zoom chat and talk for hours and laugh and (laughs) howl at um, uh, Rob Belushi doing impressions and uh, Sean Cosby stories. And we have a really fun time all that's the gang for people who aren't uh, so so familiar with the gang but it's uh, that's so fun Jen isn't that nice you should have seen Jen's reaction folks if Jen was like <laughs> warmed her heart she's like I, I got I like another one my chest. Yeah. I got another one <laughs> excellent I do believe I texted Jen on, oh my god he was hot look at him <laughs> yes I think because also Kate Gabrielle had seen it because i wouldn't shut up about it and so it was like oh my gosh you're right he is gorgeous in this it's like yeah i'm not a weirdo i never thought that but you know we all have our thing and i was like oh no oh no he is hot damn it (laughs) god amongst being the lauded actor of his generation he was also a total snack yeah indeed indeed Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. don't you agree jed Jed. Don't you agree? 
Yeah. That's the you first know thing what? You think in of. high school, I I remember a girl saying she thought he was good looking, and I <laughs> I didn't take her seriously. I did not think. <laughs> I did. I, but you know, now did we go yeah, to high absolutely. school together? No, <laughs> we did not go to high school together. I had to check on that for the Elmore Leonard thing. But uh, no. <laughs> I first saw Midnight Run actually when I was babysitting. I was a oh. very good kid, and oh. I like from I, I started like taking care of people's pets and their kids, even like young kids. I was changing diapers at eight years old. Um, babysitting kids and so um, uh, I was an eight when Midnight Run came out but uh, I was babysitting neighborhood kids and they put it on and it's something I never would have never would have been able to watch at my house no no ask me some stories about things I saw babysitting someday well, uh, when we're not there, recording there, there's but, another podcast Jedediah's <laughs> Adventures in Babysitting um, yeah, yeah. But I was babysitting, babysitting and these kids, to watch this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. They had cable and they oh. put on Midnight Run. And I knew I was fascinated. You know, I wanted to see it. I was aware of it. And it was new to cables. So, yeah, I mean, this was probably maybe late 88 or I'm not sure what month it came out. But, you know, this was like just arrived on cable and uh, they they put it on and I you know, I let them do whatever they wanted as long as I could watch, <laughs> watch Midnight Run. And I was, you know, scandalized by all the, the cursing and the, the, you know, sex with chickens talk and things like that. But, um, <laughs> but I loved it. You know, uh, it, it's, it's been a favorite from the, from Jump Street for me. Yeah. The relationship uh, people had with uh, movies, watching them on cable is kind of the same as you hear kids who grew up you know, go into the cinema where you just, you pay and you go in and, and you stay all day, uh, you know, back yeah. in the, uh, the early, uh, cinema. Then they just, you know, they come in in the middle of a movie and they just stay and watch the beginning afterwards. And, you know, if it's really good, maybe they finish it again and, you know, they just all day long. And yeah, so that was your relationship changes, uh, to, to movies. And I'm sure streaming has got its own people who are coming up in, in streaming, you know, uh, are going to have their own relationship to uh, to films, but um, yeah, it's a different thing than than physical media starting from the beginning and watching it through and things like that. Uh, yeah, cable cable's not something I was you know first much firsthand uh, uh, experience with, but uh, definitely recognize that um, the people who did you know and they they had their one movie you know they watched Mannequin. 50 times the summer of 1990 and you know uh, that was me that was you <laughs> she was the one because oh. Peter's in it I mean you know yeah so Nikki besides Robert De Niro being a snack could you and you're yeah. a phenomenal crime writer um and one of the things that you're particularly with love and other criminal behavior despite the criminality of it all there is these amazing I guess, fractured relationships and deeply mm-hmm. relatable people that anchor all of the more extreme behavior. And so um, I wonder, like, if I, you know, I, I'm playing a game with myself and Jen and I probably are playing this game too, is like, we're kind of like pinpointing like 
guessing what our friends and what the people that we're talking to are going to tell us are their favorite scenes. But I wonder what, what are the kind of things that really resonate here with you? Because you do have such an eye for behavior and such an ear for how people talk to each other. So I'm really curious as to what are the scenes that resonate with you the most? Obviously it's funny, but I think that one of the things that deeply resonates with me is how real these characters feel and how the way they interact with each other is just so perfect scene to scene, tonally shifting along the movie. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, there are so many moments. I think, I think I was still on the fence about whether or not I really, really liked it or if it was just like, Oh, this is a good flick. Um, until we got to um, his ex-wife's house. this i haven't seen either of them in nine years and the first thing out of my mouth is gonna be can i borrow a few hundred bucks i have a feeling this is gonna be very good for you your mother's ex-husband. Nice kid. Hi, Gail. Hello. How you doing? I'm doing good. Hi. They mentioned you and him on the news this morning. They did? Yeah. What'd they say? Anything good? <laughs> no. Yeah. Are you all right? Yeah. You're in a lot of trouble, Jack. Can I come in for a few minutes, Gail? Can I come in for a few minutes? Yeah. Um. And she opens the door and, you know, she's like, Jack, you know, like the, the deep, you know, just tired sigh. Like every time she sees him, it's a thing, even though, you, <laughs> you know, hearing him say it's been nine years um, mm -hmm. that they're they are still those people that they were when they were together. And you can see it like right at the end, how they're still those people and the rest of that scene you get all that when they start arguing and she's like, get out. And then, um, and you know, and then you get that moment when he sees uh, Denise um, behind her mom, his daughter, mm -hmm. and it just stops. He just stops. Everything stops. Um, you know, they're so like the rut these two people were in immediately they step out of it. And I just like that moment he sees the not his daughter and he talks to her and he's like, he's like her shoulders and just has to hug her and whatnot. And then he goes back to talk to his ex-wife, Gail, uh, and how their conversation has shifted. You see the moment where they become, they've grown. They're just different now. Yeah. Yes. And they bring out that, that old version of themselves because that's where they stopped. But you see that moment, and I was, okay, no, I'm in. I'm in. 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> that yeah. was and even when he says, does he treat you well? And I was like, oh, don't, don't do a zinger back. And she's like, he does. And he's like, okay, that's all I wanted. And I'm like, okay, these are people. These people, they are still people who care about each other, which is why it, they, they still argue. Um, but I, I love that moment. I love that moment. Um, mm -hmm. Because it makes it more just, you know, shoot them up, action comedy. I got to get this thing back, you know. And it's before you find out the the fuller picture of who Jack is and what bringing um, Mardukas in is really about for him. Um, yes. That moment is what, I think, for me, sold me on the whole movie. And then everything that comes after that, I mean, it's so great. But that, for me, was that. Well, I love that it's uh, tailing on what Nikki said, you know, it, the movie is is essentially it is essentially a romantic film. I mean, or bromantic. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't mean to suggest yeah. it's homoerotic, but it's <laughs> it's you know homoplatonic uh, <laughs> romance here. Um, and and you know uh, they're dealing with with all Jack's crazy exes throughout. You know, it's Dorfler <laughs> and Marscone and Serrano and and his actual ex. You know, it's just they're working through all Jack's baggage so that they can really uh, bond at the end. And it's yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I love that. Um, yeah. Another scene for me that I find really moving is the uh, the diner scene with Tracy Walter when uh, he's Jack's lost uh, lost Mark Dukas uh, to uh, to Dorfler mm -hmm. and he's walking out of the desert. He's got his ulcer and you know like maybe one cigarette left in that crumpled pack and is you know he's dusty and dirty as hell and he comes into this diner in the desert mm -hmm. and it's, and there's nobody else in there you know and it's this you know i love diners i love mm -hmm. you know as as someone who's who's displaced in time you know for most <laughs> of my life just yeah I, I work nights and and i've i've never had a regular sort of schedule and the since since the pandemic i you know honestly before the pandemic but but really since the pandemic there is nothing available for people who are up past you know 9 or 10 p.m. yeah uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> there's just you know i'm starting my day i'm usually sometimes i'm going to a bar at midnight and they're only open till 1 but i'm like i've just got to get out of my house for an hour every day and mm -hmm. You know, this is the only place and and I'm just I need to go read a book or something yeah. out of the house so I can feel like I don't, you know, live in a, a cell. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so that that feeling of walking into a place, you know, I miss miss the 24 hour uh, diners. There was one right up the street from my house that, you know, I've been going to for uh, 25 years. And, um, you know, it's not 24 hours anymore. It's still there, but uh, they they don't have those hours. And so that feeling of walking into a place where, you know, and, and Tracy Walters line to him, he says, are you open? He says, Oh, we're always open. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel that so, so bone deep um, that, uh, you know, I, I think movie diners are, are, are kind of holy spaces. I, 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 uh, 
I don't think that's my phrase. I think I, I think I saw that online probably from uh, somebody. Uh, everybody knows, but um, but they did that. They, and Midnight Run is an underrated diner movie. That scene where they're talking about chorizo and eggs, and they've only got a few mm-hmm. cents uh, between them. And I love tea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and the scene on the the train, uh, the dining car on the train, and and the scene is at Chin Lu's where he and uh, um, Eddie are, are are hashing over their business. Uh, you know those. It's an underrated diner movie, but that the scene with Tracy Walter, we're always open. There's grace. You know, he's like a priest in the in the desert uh, mission, you know, just welcoming mm-hmm. the the poor and the the downcast and, and you know, giving them communion of, you know, coffee and, and um, crackers or, you know, whatever. Um, it's that's one of my favorite scenes. Um, and and and. You know, I love all the humor. I love all the uh, the action stuff, the soundtrack. You know, it's just a groovy, fun movie. But there are these moments where it stops and it really hits. It really hits hard on something emotional. And, and for me, that diner scene uh, really, really hits home. Well, after seeing it, uh, babysitting those kids, I taped it off of TV and I was able to have a taped off of TV, you know, most of the curse words bleeped out um, version that I could watch as a teen. Um, and I even like put my held my tape recorder up to the television and and taped scenes off of uh, the television and I would listen to the tapes. So uh you know, if, if, if we count all that, then, you know, <laughs> then probably 50 times, but, uh, uh, you know, as, uh, as an adult, and I, I gotta say once, once I got the, uh, the actual, once I bought a copy and, yeah. you know, had all the wonderful, uh, cursing dialogue put back in, <laughs> I, it was, you know, it's like, oh my God, I, I forgot how great this sounded. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I've I've watched it. You know, I, I watch it every couple of years, probably uh, as as an adult now. I've seen it a lot. <laughs> the classic. Nikki, are you inspired to go back again after being so refreshed? Like uh, after being like pleasantly surprised about it is it something that you will go back to oh absolutely um i mean i watched it again um for our talk today uh and i just i you know you discover something new about it every time i think um i i really don't think i appreciated the whole amarillo escape scene there with (laughs) john and all three of them in the car like i was just dying just (laughs) it's delightful it is um it's really great i i appreciate it more uh on the second watch so yes it is definitely in the um on my 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 watch list for entertainment and just to have something in the background and then i just know i just stop what i'm doing to watch so that's how i am with everything so it is definitely on the rewatch list i'm really struck by the 
alchemy here. The I, you know, if you think De Niro is the the secret ingredient, or or Charles Grodin, or director Martin Brest, or writer George Gallo. Yeah, fit Coda. If you look yeah, at their, yeah, well, <laughs> I mostly their track record. Yeah, none of them really hold like it's the gold standard for all of them. Yeah, none, you know, Martin mm-hmm. Brest doesn't reach this heights. George Gallo doesn't reach these. I mean, what um, the uh, Wise Guys, the De Palma movie that he yeah. wrote, comes yeah. out and and very similar sort of stuff, and it's. I, I'm I'm a De Palma head, but I I think it's pretty terrible, um, and uh, you know he he so like clearly quality people involved, but mm-hmm. it does not it does not hit the way Midnight Run hits, and you know Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin both do buddy comedies, crime comedies, and you know they're fine some of them, but nothing comes close to this, and no. uh, you know. Uh, even Beverly Hills Cop, I like a lot, but it's it's not near as good as as this one is. I think uh, for oh, Martin no, Brest. So, mm-hmm. and I mean Geely, I revisited for this podcast, and it's not even <laughs> as good as I remembered it. So, um, oh wow, okay. Like Geely, I thought was pretty bad, but it's it's really bad. It's oh, really okay. bad. So I need uh, to watch it again because I actually was giving it a pass maybe because I'd heard how much people hated it. And I'm like, it's uh-huh. not that bad. Right. Maybe I need to go back now with different goggles. Wow. Yeah. Look, uh, whenever anyone's like, it's the worst movie of all time. I'm like, you haven't watched enough movies. See more movies. See yeah. more movies. You, right. No, you definitely haven't, uh, haven't seen enough movies, but, um, but no, it's, it's, it's gotten worse. I think. I'm, I forgive the Christopher McDonald movies, the the sequels where he takes over the the uh, Jack Walsh role, because there is something about the premise and the world and the the characters that are really you want to keep hanging out with them. It is a great yeah. great movie on its own, and yeah, the the sequels are not not particularly uh, good, um, but there's sequels that is the one that brought it to my attention too like i think it was the episode i did with blake on heat and we're sitting there talking about midnight run because that's what we do and um jen replies like and apparently they don't know that they're sequels and it's like wait what what yeah and and then (laughs) and then immediately ben david grabinski's like the sequels are everything and you're like what like there's a two people i've ever heard of in the world who have seen them and recommend that we watch them. They're demanding that we continue to go, Jen. To, to, they're demanding that we cover them on the show. And I, I, I've been saying to a lot of folks, like, in Australia, for better or worse, I don't ever think they were ever released in this country. Like, if they were, it was on VHS or beta. Um, And now we've done DVD, Blu-ray, ultra-high definition and streaming, and I've never seen them on DVD, not once. I don't even know if they're out on DVD internationally. They are. They're on, um, like, there's a midnight run box and they have all okay. of them in there. I'm I looking right now as we're somewhere. talking. Okay. The midnight run action pack. <laughs> yes, that's what it's called. So I wow. think, honestly, the mistake was to make, to, I mean, Christopher like McDonald, I'm not gonna, well, I'm, I'm not going to blame him for taking no, the gig. God, no, no. 
but but god i think dorfler is the guy that you want to build a series around yeah um, or 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 eddie moscone you know yeah. you want the moscone bail bonds yep world of you know uh you know sort of fuck ups and irregulars oh my god just Joe uh, should have had a whole franchise yeah holy crap and and jack yeo is so great in that role of mm-hmm. jerry and um yeah i mean <laughs> go get some donuts yeah absolutely just such great stuff uh you know they, or or hell even like a uh a barney miller-esque tv show you know mm-hmm. moscow and dale bonds tv show uh would have been great john ashton did have a a, a an action buddy comedy TV show called Hardball that uh, I liked quite a bit when I was, you know, the perfect age for it. But um, uh, it, it's maybe the closest uh, I, I got to having uh, more Marvin. Um, and it's a totally life, different yeah. character than Marvin. But uh, yeah, like just you want to hang out in that world. Uh, you want to uh, hear this. this the scumbags, but also just the sort of lovable fuck ups, uh, chatting about uh, how rough things are, and you know, eating fried food and and uh, mm-hmm. taking money out of their socks and and stuff like that, and and uh, yeah, the wonderful uh, wardrobe choices of, of of Joey Pants and and that whole crew is something that and Dan Hedaya plays uh, Moscone in the the movies. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a. Um, I watched That's like the first one. Tonal yeah. shift, yeah. So okay, guys, it is confirmed. There is a Midnight Run four movie marathon DVD box set that is brand yes. new and available uh, for me to purchase. Um, so <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not recommending that you do that. <laughs> but but for, uh, I mean I just I don't want this research, on me for further I don't study. want this on me that you've done this. But uh, I'll just say. I saw all of them on YouTube, so. <laughs> ah. Ah, uh, well, you know what? I have, it feels like I would be doing the podcast a disservice if I didn't purchase it. So like I think bullet. that maybe yeah. the way that we wrap up is to thank Jed in advance for <laughs> me watching whatever one of these sequels um i start out at first hopefully i don't even know which one comes first but i'll figure that out when i receive the box set well i I, you're gonna have a headache if you watch midnight runaround because it opens up a midnight run parallel universe like uh thing because the actor tom mccleister who plays red wood Yes, in Midnight Run, <laughs> has a more prominent role as a totally different character in Midnight Runaround. What and is this a soap opera where they just announced <laughs> this is some yeah. like Avengers Endgame shit going on here? Um, <laughs> you know, the, the timeline has been messed with. The parallel uh, universes of Midnight Run are are spinning off their axes. Okay. Well, thank you both so much for joining us on the midnight run through we appreciate both of you and your insights and your love of crime and uh and whether it's midnight diners uh or real 
how real relationships feel. I've had such a fun time and uh, you can thank Jedediah is when I start tweeting about midnight run sequels, everyone. And, uh, and then if Jen wants to borrow them, I will ship them to her. Maybe it'll be a one and done. Maybe. Oh, you've got them. Okay, great. Well, so then Jen and I will be watching them at a a later date um, at some point. Sure. Uh, um, I, I, yes, I, I will I, be watching them. I, I, no, I'm going to. I'm going to just for spite. Spite is a powerful motivator, just so that I can say that Jed influenced me to watch them. Um, so when they arrive at my home, I'm waiting for a confirmation as we speak. I've literally purchased it while I've been talking. So exciting to, uh, oh, excited to check out three more midnight runs that I'm scared are going to jeopardize my <laughs> abiding love for this movie, but nonetheless, I will revisit. Yes. Isn't there talk of they're making a, a quote-unquote proper sequel? Like yeah, the- there was. <laughs> like, De Niro wanted to make one. Yeah. And it's I- just a guy with a diner. <laughs> <laughs> he finally opened up, right? His coffee shop with his 300 grand mm-hmm. at the end. Hope it's, it's a just, nice coffee shop, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> and it's open 24 hours and in walks Jed and Blake. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and just there sitting at different tables, drinking beer We're at 9 p.m. Throwing out, <clears throat> you know, pearls here. Moscow <clears throat> and Bail Bonds, the series, the sequel. It's just a coffee shop. We'll have to I mean, we'll have to talk to George Gallo do. again and ask if any of that yes. ever came across his desk. So that that, <laughs> that would be special. Guys, yeah. thank you so much. You're the best. We appreciate you. And, uh, and yeah, thanks so much for talking to us. Bye, Bye. guys. Bye. This has been Midnight Run-Through with Blake Howard and Jen Johans. We'll be back next week with another episode. But until then... See you in the next life. See you in the next life.